welcome to another edition of Mr. Nice Guy. I'm Ben Slowey. And uh, joining me this afternoon, I've got with me uh, a rock and roll fiddle player herself, um, who is originally from Milwaukee, but she now lives in LA. Um, she's played with a lot of really great bands, um, including Trapper Shap, Fountains of Wayne, uh, the Doobie Brothers, the Wallflowers, Whiskey of the Damned, to name a few. Um, I'm excited to talk to her about her artistry, her passions, and why she does what she does while her dog plays with a bone in the background, and we enjoy a nice little afternoon beer. Thank you for joining me today, Gina Romantini. Good to be here. For me, it's not even, well, actually, I was going to say it's not the afternoon. It's the afternoon for you. This is my, like, morning. You're on like the cost. It's still yeah. only like one, isn't it? <laughs> it's one. Yes, it's exactly. I and I have recording things I have to do later, but like I am gonna drink a beer before I do that, anyways. So we're hey, good. I'm glad they. I'm glad LA hasn't taken the Wisconsin out of you. It's tried. Not to talk any shit about LA. Actually, I'll talk a lot of shit about LA. There's a lot of a lot of things I hate about LA, but the alcoholics are going strong. So they, at least like the, uh, the I can drink in like a normal amount of like drinking, so I'm not like worried about it. But like, there's a big alcoholism problem and drug problem here. So like, it's it's a sensitive subject. So I'm just like. In my house, it's cool. And then, like, all my friends who are here who moved from Milwaukee were just like, all right, so where are we drinking? I mean, now it's, it's like seven feet apart from each other at someone's patio, but it's still like Milwaukee is still on me. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's um, certainly exasperated by um, the, the quarantine and just the really harsh political climate of that you know that feeds into a lot of like futility that we feel as as people um and so and I, i'm no exception like I've, I've definitely been drinking way more during the yeah. quarantine because it's like i'm just by myself most of the time and i'm also just really sad that you know people just don't fucking care about racism in the world <laughs> um you know and Yes. among many other things and i just you know it, it's sort of like your temporary um just like nightly release to just have a have drinks and you know let loose and it's legal here for people to just like order weed just like there's like legit websites that look like they're for food delivery that will just like deliver you weed I'm not saying anything about weed. I'm just saying you could, right. if you wanted to, you could get weed delivered at 9 a.m. here, and I support that. I do too. Um, I also support my local artisanal brewery, clearly for for coffee. This is, <laughs> not only am I drinking Starbucks, this is Postmates Starbucks. So this is like a $14 drink. So yeah. What is it? What is it? This is an iced latte with, okay, I'm a vegan. I'm just going to say that because it's going to come off. I'm not one of those people who's like, I'm a vegan. Just, <laughs> okay. 
Uh, this is an almond milk latte with five shots in it. Jeez. So not only do I have to like select the add two shots button, now I have to call Starbucks and be like, please make sure you actually add two shots instead of giving me a latte with two shots in it. This is a really boring story, but this is a thing that I'm dealing with right now. So. I'm, I mean, I'm very, I used to work at Starbucks and I was used to those. Just... Which Starbucks did you work at? Or was that back home? No, it was, uh, it was at the Marquette Starbucks. So it was also like one of the busiest stores. In the oh, state. damn. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm from Washington Heights. My parents live in Washington Heights. So that was for a long time. It's either the Toso one or it's that one. So uh, yes, I I know that one very well. It's, yeah. It's really good for uh, if you're going to go to Jimmy John's after. <laughs> or the, the Makiyaki and get a, a sushi burrito next door. See, um, yeah, this is I, this is past my time. I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, it's no, very it's, uh, gentrified. Yeah, it, it is. It is. Um, but yeah, so I mean, I used to, I mean, I used to start every single day with a Trenta cold brew. Um, yeah. So, I mean, when you're just, you just, it, it, you just go down a caffeination wormhole when you're when you work in that environment and i don't drink quite as much coffee as i used to then but i still drink like i'm still guzzling coffee like all day yeah yeah it's it's a really big part of like the touring world like there's always like somebody's making the starbucks run much like i'm sure like a normal office environment somebody's like okay what's the coffee run like so i like because everybody drinks starbucks on the road I've gotten very like, I I hate supporting Starbucks. I don't want to be supporting Starbucks, yeah. but also I want to be able to push a button and have coffee right on my door. Yeah, I I hear you. I mean, luckily there are there's a handful of great spots to do that here in Milwaukee. Um, my partner just put me onto this new shop that opened recently. It's called Interval, and it's like it's, it's uh right off of um it's off of Brady Street like uh the, like kind of where brady meets water you know where that is oh yeah yeah for sure my last uh my last place in milwaukee was kane at oakland was where what was it on kane at oakland so oh and really like by comet like a like a block from oh yeah yeah okay it's not terribly far from there but yeah it but it, they use pilcrow and uh, pilcrow in my opinion, is the best coffee in the world. As I'm drinking my garbage coffee, it's yes. I, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good ways to go, but I'm I'm going the the shitty way. Oh, it's okay. I. It's all right. I I had Starbucks, uh, um, on the road a couple weeks ago myself. It's kind of just it, you know, I I had it when like you know I just need my coffee in a pinch, but. Try to support right. local whenever possible. Um, yeah, exactly. I feel like I'm like doing my time with like the other like bullshit that I spend money on because I would like don't I don't eat fast food. I eat in like I go pay like eighty five dollars for a salad at like the place that is like from the farm and it's like got microgreens on it and I do all that shit so I can have my fucking Starbucks drink. It's I will ask myself that. <laughs> your artisanal uh, uh, garden salads. Yes, yes, exactly. With like 
with like pan seared chickpeas. Heirloom tomatoes. <laughs> yes, that's not. That's like not even a joke. I don't even want to get into that. That's that's how it, I'm like in the hipster part of of LA. I'm sure you know. You know, like I, I I've been in Silver Lake the entire time I've been in LA, and I'm in Echo Park, which is right there. And there's still I, I'm by all the trendy shit. Thirty yoga spots like right here. That are all now doing Zoom yoga classes, but they're they're all still there. Um, yeah, probably I'm at the beginning of COVID. So not only did we get a puppy at the beginning of COVID, I also moved at the beginning of COVID. So it's been I, I don't even know where I am honestly. Like I had I, I took a lift somewhere yesterday with a mask with two masks on, and then because I'm already like freaking out about that. And our air, obviously, I'm sure you've heard, is on fire. No, you can't really tell. It's it's orange out there. It's not good. Uh, that's terrible. I, I interviewed um I interviewed a friend in Monterey last week, and she said, and her power was constantly going out um, because of the fires. Like her, it was like fucking with her Wi-Fi. Yeah, it's it's been. Uh, Kind of, I mean, like I'm I'm in the city, so I'm not like worried about like my house catching on fire, but I'm worried about like people I know who live in like the mountains and like a, a lot of my students live in like the, like the burbs, so they're like in where it's like they, they live in like a national park, so there's just like they're they've been like um, getting evacuation like warnings, so they're just like they have like their their bag ready to go, they're just like waiting for the sign. It's an interesting time to be a person. That is, yeah, that is horrifying. Yeah, that would just be going outside to see that, like, like I remember, the, I, I can imagine the first time you went out and saw, like, just an orange haze. It's probably just such a, like, dystopian, like, apocalyptic feeling. It's been like that since the beginning of COVID, though, for me, like, this whole, like, I've just been like, what the fuck is going on? Like, like everyone's thinking that. Like, what is our life right now? Like, why are people being like shot by the police? Why are we having to stay in our houses because people are throwing parties? Yeah. And forest fires are being started by gender reveal parties now. Yeah, yeah. Or why did the government give us twelve hundred dollars in April and then just told us to get fucked after that? <laughs> oh yeah, that's. That's been great. I, I really love the um, the really shitty unemployment. At least we're, I mean, are you still getting unemployment? So funny you asked that because I like just exhausted my benefits apparently. So I have to file, I have to file for like the emergency like pandemic. The one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that. what I get because I've, I've only, I've had like one job, one like real job in my life, which was at this really shitty music store. I hope someone from the shitty music store watches this because that music store fucking sucks. I'm sorry. Not the one in Wisconsin. I worked at a really cool one in, in Grafton called Famous Music, which does not exist anymore. That was my first my first music job. But I, I worked at a really very like corporate shitty music store here where I was I was teaching, but I also had to like work like sales. I'm not I'm not built for that kind of work. That does not I was very bad, didn't know, but I mean, like, since that, I have, I've got some sort of unemployment going, but, like, 
it's nothing. Yeah. Luckily, I'm still, I'm, I'm like teaching and I'm, I've got recording work. So I'm like, I'm still working. So it's okay that I'm not getting shit from the government, but it's not that okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I know what you mean. I mean, it's just, we also just don't know, like, it's just so unpredictable. And that's sort of like that contributes to the bleakness is like, you know, something, compl- something else could just get royally fucked next week and push us back even farther you know and i kind of just been taking every single day like step by step and just treating every day like a mission you know and in the past you should be doing that's a great way to go about this instead of like being in a depression hole like a lot of us have been in I, uh, like, the first few months of quarantine, I was just, like, I, I, I mean, obviously, everything's been canceled. Like, I, I was supposed to be in Europe, like, right now. Like, I, I had a bunch of tours that, like, every tour canceled. So, like, that, I mean, that all kind of happened, like, within a week. So, all of a sudden, like, my entire summer, which I was going to make pretty good money this summer. That's only kind of douchey. I, I was actually going to do really well this summer with, like, tour money. Yeah. And I was like pretty stoked. I was like, all right, I'm going to like save money for the first time. Because if you live in LA, you don't save money unless you already have money. I don't already have money. Yeah. So, <laughs> so yeah, I, w- I was like really stoked about that. And then all of a sudden, like one by one, my shows, like it happened around St. Patrick's Day, right? So that's like, as a fiddle player, that's like my money month. Like yeah. the world really milks. Irish festivals and St. Patrick's Day festivals, which is like, it, it's, I mean, like, sometimes it's really fun. Some of the bands I play with, the Irish punk bands I play with are really fun and I love them. But I, it's just like, that was like, I was banking on making a shit ton of money that month. And then one by one, I'm getting, oh, the client wants to pull out of this, uh, this contract and because of the thing and and then like one by one, I'm like, oh God, wait, is it, oh, this is real. Oh, oh God. And then I got the ones for the summer tours and I'm like, okay, now I, I'm also freaking out. Like my friends who were already freaking out, I was like, okay, but I've still got this tour. I've still got this one. I'm still teaching. And I was teaching kind of to subsidize my income, but also like kind of just for fun. Cause like I, I have all these really cool teenage girls that I teach. And we have like a little a little band, and I, I was doing that for fun, and now I'm having to do it for income, which kind of hurts. But like, it's, I I still have good things going on in my life right now, even though everything has crumbled around me. Yeah. My life's not so bad. I, there's people that are homeless now that like we're not. You know what I mean? Like, we I like drove down Sunset the other day, and there's like. There's like a, a tent full of like hipsters, like that look like they'd be hanging out in like what, fucking like I don't know, like Bremen or something, like who look like we would like run into them at a bar. Right. Yeah. Or yeah. like living in a tent now, and I'm just like, yeah. or this is breaking my heart, and I don't. It's and it's sad now for people who like are like normal white people, like like my neighbors who are like a middle-aged couple. And they're like, oh no, now it's actually affecting people who matter. And I'm like, man, the homeless problem's actually been really bad for a long time, but now they look like you, so now you care. 
yeah the fuck are you talking about <laughs> like yeah, this, like it's like when it when yeah like when it begins threatening like someone or something that like you happen to identify with then then that's when you start to care like and that's the fucked up mentality of our whole country you know is like this shit is not news like racism and and uh, you know like predators in the industry and the people in power only care about it when like they sense they can have some sort of benefit from standing up for it and like right. making profit off of it and that's what's happened with i mean that happened a couple of years ago when pride became so corporatized and it became and this fucking year they termed they turned black lives matter into black lives marketing like are you fucking kidding me you know like it's just so it's so it's so absurd how like you know any and it's just so performative how businesses and corporations can view a social justice movement about human lives being politicized like they can turn that into something they gain from like fiscally is it, it's you can't make the shit up i literally saw one of my like i mean obviously i'm a little bit part of the problem as a white person in a neighborhood that's been gentrified like this neighborhood was not a white neighborhood and i i feel really bad like living here but like my my block is really diverse and it's I, it's cool i i like where i live but i've seen like my uppity ass neighbors who have like a nice house like i mean my house is fine, sorry. um but like expensive ass houses with like the electric fucking garage thing and like oh yeah i know exactly what you're talking about yeah yeah i've seen them with like blm stickers on their cars like cross the street to avoid the homeless guy who's walking down our street like how can you be wearing a fucking blm shirt and then just like ignore the literal homeless person right it's you know this year is really truly like showing the true colors of people that are you know that want all the 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 social accolades but unwilling to put in the actual work and the labor that goes into allyship and justice and uh, you know i you know and i mean even in uh milwaukee's own scene i mean i've just seen a lot of businesses do that that act so conscious of community issues and have all the black lives matter and like the pride stickers on their windows but then you find out that they're doing all this greedy capitalist bullshit behind the scenes. You know, like we've been seeing that all year. And I mean, we know uh, we have a better idea of like who to support and who not to after this year. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really been exposing some. Yeah. And it's so, been interesting, interesting little, well, I guess experiment. I mean, it's, the world hasn't been put in this type of situation where it's been this publicized of what's going on. And so it's a trend. People are like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm all for it for, you know, 
Black Lives Matter and uh, and like Trans Lives Matter and whatever, and then and then there's like a transgender person and they again are just like crossing the street. I'm like seeing this day when I take my dog out. I'm like every day. I'm just like, fuck off with your like fake allies. Yeah. Yeah. It's like posting a black square on your Instagram didn't change shit. Like, <laughs> like, I if that's, that though, but oh, yes, it, I agree with you. I agree with you. No, no, I know. I know. Like, I know it's not, the, it's not the fact that like people did that. It's just, it's when that's all they did. Right. You know, like. You have to do that and then also donate money or like right. do, do something, go volunteer. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember or did you see when that, that like, I don't remember. It, it was like a some like hot blonde girl, like reporter, like pretending to hold up a drill to help like build rebuild downtown. Yeah, downtown. I did see that. I did see. It. I was, that was like incredible. Oh my god! And then like, like the internet found who she was, and then like now she's she's still canceled, which was great. But how many more of her are there out there? Oh yeah, did you see that? Uh, the the influencers like walking into marches and like posing you know oh my with, god. Like, yeah, that's basically exactly what i'm talking about yeah, yeah. god I yeah know. and it, that's another thing i hope that starts like being another conversation that starts is influence culture but well but that's for another day i think um, that's gonna be gone i hope I hope it is too. I because I think that like they're gonna take away like the amount of likes that people's posts have. I don't know if that's actually true. I hope that that happens so it doesn't become like it. It's such a competition with everybody. We don't again. We don't need to get into this, but like it's a it's a stupid competition that like no one's winning. Like it's yeah. it it's so stupid and, and it's and a people here are just like disgusting. Like walk if you like drive down Sunset. There's like girls in bikinis posing in front of things, and they're just like, okay, now do you've seen like the influencers in the wild thing, right? Yeah, that's my favorite account. God, <laughs> it's it's like so it's way too true. It, it, it like hurts. It, like I, I see this shit mm -hmm. in real life all the time, and I make fun of them in in real life, not to their face. I'm non confrontational here, but I talk shit about them. But then, yeah, now I, I'm so glad that the influencers in the wild thing is, is a real thing. Oh, yeah, same. I mean, I hope, that, I hope that it starts dismantling this, you know, superficial this faux celebrity um, model of, of, like, clout, you know? I mean, I, I just, I hope, like you said, I agree. I, I hope that after this year we we really start dismantling that too because that's also just making a mockery of people that are like actually like putting in the work and making livings off of like their brands and their passions and their creativity um rather than the people that are that are just trying to reach for likes i mean that's yeah so what really, what really pisses me off is like TikTok celebrities. Yeah, I, I have all these students. Most of my students, actually, like except for like I have one boy who's like nine, but the rest of my students are all girls, and they're all like young teenagers through like twenty ish. And um, I I was just like selecting students because I like 
I don't want to teach little kids anymore. Like I, I don't have to be teaching now I do, but like, I, I still just have like the cool kids that I already had, but they still, even the cool ones are still like, Oh yeah, that girl. Yeah. She was, she's from TikTok. She's got 330 million followers. I'm like, for, for what though? Like literally this 16 year old girl who's posing in bikinis and dancing is like making so much money. And I'm like, cool. The rest of us will just go fuck ourselves. Cause we're not right. hot 16 year olds, I guess. I it's like, I want to, yeah. I, for one, that's just so fucking weird. Um, so, um, as, so what we talk about on Mr. Nice Guy, we examine love and fear, passion and creativity. And, um, so, uh, I've been wanting to meet you for a while now. Um, I know that you've been, you were in the Milwaukee scene for a while. And like we mentioned at the beginning, played with a lot of cool bands in the past, done a lot of touring, um, but you had moved to LA. So kind of just like, well, whenever Gina is in town, you know, maybe I'll be able to- like, I was hoping, I mean, like, this is the longest I've gone without seeing my parents, like ever. Like I, I usually go home every like, four to six months so like I assumed I would have been home right now but yeah but, but I mean yeah but luckily I mean that's the kind of the cool thing about doing this over zoom is that I can just talk to all those people I was waiting to come home now um totally. yeah so so um yeah I guess you know we can kind of start before we get into everything what's going on now um love to hear a little bit about your Musical background. When did you start playing music growing up? I started playing violin at the age of four. Um, I'm trying to not make this sound like every other interview I give because I I have like a whole spiel. Like I'm just, I got it on the cuff. I'm gonna I'm gonna. You, have, a, you have like a mental framework of the I do. story. I, I have it like a lot of times if I'm caught on guard, I'm just like, okay, I got that. I got that one. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna go. We got this for real. All right. I started playing when I was four. Um, I did like, I was like a Suzuki kid, like I'm sure you've heard of that, which every, yeah. like, that's, you know, I I don't need to, even need to get into that, but like I, the way I teach is not the way that I learned initially, because I basically ended up, I ended up being a really cool teacher um, when I was like middle school and I started doing like improv and very non-classical things. Cause the other thing is I sucked at classical. I didn't like it. I was bored as fuck. And I just like, didn't, I just, it wasn't like my thing, but then I would like stay up at night and just like fuck around my violin. And my parents had to actually be like, Hey, go to sleep. Cause I would like literally just be like, which is like so cute now. I'm like, Oh, I was like, I was like trying. I like cared. You were uh, ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> like I, I had to be, but now uh, I mean, I kind of just like learned by osmosis, but like how to how to improvise by playing along with like my favorite records. So like I did that and then I was playing with a lot of like local bands and then I got kind of like grandfathered into like some other like like some other different recording gigs. I just kind of got thrown because people were being cool and I was really young. So they were just like, okay, well like I'll, you can sub out for this one. And then I ended up like getting more gigs through this connection and this connection. And not to say that I've always been flush with gigs because it's like, like anything, there's ebbs and flows. So I've had, I've had like 
before COVID, I even had like months where I was like, rent. <laughs> um, yeah. And so like now, like, I don't have roommates, which is cool. Like I, I live here with my, my boyfriend and we pay like almost three grand a month. So it's, it's not, it's not a small amount of money, but like, I mean, I, my, my last place in Milwaukee, I had one roommate and I was paying like 500 bucks a month. Yeah. And my place was like amazing. And I, I'm just like, God, I like, that's like a, less than a third of what I pay of my, like my half of my rent. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's, it, it kind of like, I ended up moving to LA because I was touring a lot and they kept like flying me to LA for different like video things and recording things. And then one time I, I was out here in like December and I went home after and I flew into Chicago and it was like negative 20 degrees. And I was just mm. like, mm, no, I don't think so. I think I'm gonna be done with the, the negative 20 degrees. So I, I initially moved out here as like a like temporary type situation. I drove out here and then I ended up driving home alone. I drove out here alone and I drove back alone. And then I was like, okay, I'm gonna go back for a couple months, see what happens. And I'm still here. I've had like, there's been a, a couple times back when I first moved here where like I would like leave a place and then put stuff in storage and it's been like having to find a place to store my car. It's like a, a whole bunch of bullshit. But now I'm like, I, I like actually live here. I've, I think I've, I've actually lived here like about five years now. Um, that totally went off topic. I started playing with four. That's the uh, answer. No. <laughs> Yeah, jump on the gun on me. Um, no, well, that, I mean, that answers a question I was going to ask you anyway is, yeah, why the hell are you out there, you know, but. Yeah, there, uh, there's I mean, a lot of work out here. I mean, especially with, like, me being, like, a, a fiddle player who, like, I wasn't, like, one of those homeschooled kids who was very, like, who was, like, Christian and, like, you know, like, the weird bluegrass kids. Who I'm friends with a lot of them. A lot of them are great, but there's a vibe from like kids that play bluegrass. That was never like I was never one of like the culty kind of kids. Yeah. So the non-culty side of going to fiddle camp is that I'm like I, I like legitimately know how to play all of these kinds of styles, whereas like a lot of classical players don't know how to improvise or don't know how to actually like authentically play like Cajun fiddle if they if that's what they need on like a record. So I, I'm lucky because I have not a lot of competition out here for this specific style. Just no one plays this. So like yeah. I, I have a good, I'm in a good spot that way. Um, but now I'm also doing like, like I do like video things and I do like modeling things and little acting stupid things. And it just, that's not what I want to be doing, but gotta make money so i'm doing that i'm not doing yeah. porn now haven't haven't had to do that yet hey and Thanks. even if you did even if you did no shame I mean. right totally no shame for anyone that does porn i just i'm not gonna do that that's not gonna that's not why i moved to la i have i have a couple of friends who moved here for music who are i think just doing like stripping now and oh yeah it, it's like totally again no shame like it's you do you, you i just feel i feel bad for the ones who have had to be like i give up i'm gonna do 
I like yeah. it. Yeah, where they've run out of options and they see that as the only, like, l- lucrative means. Like, yeah. And, uh, um, you know, I know a handful of folks that have been able to, like, literally pay their bills doing it, which is awesome. And I, like, power all the power to them. Dude, I, yeah, I mean, like, it's, it's a really scary world to be in, and, like, I have so much respect for, like, girls who are going out there, or, like, guys, too, who are going out there and, like, like, putting themselves literally out there for someone to, like, hopefully not murder them, and, like, and, like, just having that be their life. When I'm like, I already get uncomfortable when I'm playing with a band I don't know when I like go to the first rehearsal. I'm always like, I have like nine one dialed on my phone. Yeah, no, that's that's legit. I mean, that's a hundred percent valid. Like, it, it it pushes the conversation of like, you know, instead of like talking about like, you know, the dangers of someone doing sex work, then why don't we talk about the people that are like being j- dangerous or being predatory or being, you know, um, horrible or creepy or otherwise just disgusting. It's like, why don't we have more of a, a bigger conversation about them and, and teach them to like, you know, respect boundaries, you know, right. like it's how, not the sex work itself. That's not the problem. Right. Like instead of teaching girls how to not get raped, we teach men how to not rape. Not rape. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's, I, not saying I haven't been in weird situations, I've been in plenty, I mean, like, there's, there's, a, like, an entitlement that a lot of, like, people who play music have, where they're just, like, you know, because there's groupies, and they're just, like, they assume that everybody wants to have sex with them, and they're just, like, so they, they just, like, are, like, super handsy and super, like, flirty and just assume everyone's gonna want to go home with them yeah and it's like i have to a lot of times just be like okay so what are we working on all right cool i'm gonna move to that chair because you're too close to me like i i have to like i i have to i I call myself a bitch because i have to like i turn into a bitch a little bit because i'm like i'm like protecting myself yeah i don't blame you i mean Look what happened to Burger Records. I mean, that shit has been happening for fucking years. Like, yeah, there and there's so much more too that like no one knows about. But like, there's 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 a lot. I have like, I have a bunch of girlfriends who have also like, and also like transgender guy friends too who like um, I have had like harassed in front of me. I've like not in general. We're just like fuck off, like. We, but, like, it's so normal that now we're just, like, someone screams something at us, and, like, all of us are just, like, all right, like, cool, thanks, fuck off. And that's just, that shouldn't have to be like that. We shouldn't be yelled at. We shouldn't be catcalled. Yeah. It's really not that hard to not be creepy, like, or not be a predator. You know, it's it shouldn't be, like, this complicated to ask of people doing that problematic ass shit to just you know don't fucking do that like you know in the spaces you occupy because this is literally like for artists i mean this is their safe space to create and to express themselves and to work with others and to like you know feel one with the world and you're going to be over here trying to take advantage 
fuck off. You know, I, yeah. say, I haven't lost work from speaking up to, and which fucking sucks. Like I, I have like called people out and been like, like, or or I'll like literally tell someone else working on the project, like, hey, this guy is sketchy. And then what ends up happening normally is like somebody will be like, okay, we we got you. Like we'll figure this out. But a lot of times it's like the lead singer of whatever band or it's like the guy who's doing like A&R or like the manager or whatever. And they don't want to make waves because it's like their representation. So they're just like, okay, got you. Yeah, we'll talk to him. And I like nothing ever happens. And I'm like, yeah. okay, cool. Now I have to drop out of the project or they just decide not to hire me because it's something's problematic here. Yeah. 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 And that's a really, that's a really annoying and frustrating part of the industry that, you know, you and no one else deserves to, you know, be up against. Um, and I hope that we as, I mean, everyone, I mean, but especially men can like really hold each other accountable and, uh, call it out when we see it and uh, when we hear something we act on it um like that's that's really the only that's if that has to be what we have to do to get the message for someone else to get the message then so be it you know we have to um because it's not the job it's not the responsibility of you know someone being someone who's someone who's been harassed or been assaulted or something like that. it's not their responsibility to like shut the situation down you know at that right. point but it's... so many times it ends up being on them you know yeah. like we, we get we get the short end of the stick on that one we just yeah like, a lot of times if you don't speak up like no one's going to yeah luckily well, like, the post me too movement like i've i've noticed a major change and like a lot of my guy friends who would even just like make like like misogynistic jokes like just like you know like it's it, people be like oh yeah like i fucked her or whatever like i'm hearing a lot less of that like from my friends which i'm just like all right you get it now like thank yeah. you i appreciate that like guys are trying to they're trying to get it in the most part there's there's yes. still obviously so many assholes out there who are not understanding and yeah. who are like oh yeah fuck the me too movement or whatever or like cancel culture it's not the same thing. Canceling someone because they're a rapist is not cancel culture. Yeah, that's whole. Yeah, and that actually recently just happened. I don't know if you saw, but it recently happened to a couple Milwaukee artists that um, got called out for being predators. And uh, people have tried to hold them accountable, but they just like won't. They just won't, you know, apologize or won't acknowledge it, and. Uh, are and for that it's like just okay then fuck them you know like it's yeah i i posted about it recently about how like you know cancel culture wouldn't even be a thing if people just held themselves accountable and uh, educated themselves or got help you know like i think people you, once again you don't you we we shouldn't be focusing on the cancel culture you know you focus on the, the root of the, the problem, which is, you know, people with um, 
out of control egos that think that they can use their power or their money or their influence to get away with garbage ass behavior. Right. And that's not fucking happening on my watch or the watch of, you know, the music scene. Like, you know, the, the conversations fucking changed. And like, we're, we're like, that's not flying anywhere we're going. And if I hear something, you best know I'm going to fucking take their word. Totally. So. Yeah. Like, I've heard, I've heard some shitheads be like, well, how do we know it's, it's true? I'm just like, okay, no, you, we're, we're believing the victim on all of No these. one makes this shit up for fun. Seriously. No one makes this shit up for fun. There, I mean, like, I, I've called people out before who, like, to their friends and had them say, no, there, no way. There's no way you would have done that. Like you, you must be misremembering that, or you were drunk, or you. And I'm like, dude, and this, this is before like the recent like Me Too movement, but like still not that. It wasn't that long ago, and it's, it's just like, people are like, no, my, my buddy would never do that. He would, he would not do that. Or like you're, you're just. People not. are different. People are different people behind closed doors, or they're different people around other people, other, other people. You know, like. Just because that's not your experience with them doesn't mean it invalidates someone else's. And that's something people lose sight of very, very easily. How do you feel about like listening to music or like following the works of people who have been called out? Like, like someone like Louis CK or something, like, can you still watch his stand up? I mean, personally, like I'm not, I was never really the biggest Louis CK fan in the first place. So yeah, he did make like a lot of misogyny. Yeah, yeah. He yeah. he made he said his humor is just all like a bunch of fucking just dumb like fragile male shit. Like that's kind of that's always sort of been his punchline. But yeah, I mean that's a good question because I think it's one that many stuff many struggle with. Like I mean honestly it depends. It depends on who it depends on like the severity, like, you know, what did this person do? And did they hold themselves accountable for it? Did they, have they proven that they've actively made, made efforts to be better, to apologize to people they've hurt and put them, taking themselves kind of like out of like the, the, the front for a while and just sort of like, you know, set back, sit back and let others like talk. Um, I think that's but really also, important. Like, they need to like, humanize themselves and be like, hey, I'm, I'm a person. I fucked up. This yeah. is like, me holding myself accountable. <sighs> Songs are, once they're out there, they don't belong to the artist anymore. I, I feel like I can, I can listen to music of people who have done shitty things. If I remove myself from this is the person who made the song. Yeah. And this is, this is what the song is. And that's, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Like sometimes that's another thing is just, you know, distancing yourself from them for a while, you know, and like maybe at, like depending on your emotional connection to like their art. Like I I sympathize with people that, you know, it just had such an emotional impact for them that like they can't remove themselves from the art, but they can like, you know, they can not like condone the actions of the artists. And like that, that's why, like, like I said, you know, I think it just depends. I mean, it depends on case by case, like what this artist did and, uh, 
or what this person did, what this comedian, actor, what have you, um, and what their response was and what happened after the fact and like how they held themselves accountable. I mean, that's what I always try to look for. Like I'm always, I'm always willing to give people second chances. Like I don't really buy into the whole idea of like, Oh, if you did something shitty that has to define you for the rest of your life, because that is just not what. Hence the cancel culture. Yeah. And that's like, we're done. That's it. Yeah. you're you're over that's your life and that's and that's like i mean eventually at that point like it's a slippery slope and i feel like everyone would be canceled for one thing or another because yeah i've done plenty of dumb shit in the past and i but you know i can acknowledge that yeah i've been shitty or i was stupid or i was ignorant or this or that but you know that's the thing is like people have to treat it like it's like uh, that's why I believe in like you know second chances if you can acknowledge what you did and who you hurt and how you can be better and I mean I'll give an example like um, I'm uh, like I really like you know I liked Ducktales a lot that was a, that, you know Ducktales sure yeah you know the guy who was in real estate he got me tooed um, for like three years ago Matt. Oh, I didn't even know about that. Fuck. Yeah, he met Mondenial or Mondenial, I think is how you say his last name. But he got me too. And, um, um, you know, I really liked his music. Um, and after that, I was just kind of like, man, I don't feel so. I'm not really digging his music being like on my rotations now. And, yeah. uh, and for that reason, like, you know, I kind of just didn't listen to him for a long time. And occasionally, at, now it's like occasionally, like, I'll hear a song of his. And it's like, I can be like, yeah, this is a good song. But, you know, what he did was but still shit. a garbage person. Yeah. You just yeah. have to remember that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like, what do you think about the Aziz Ansari situation? Oh, that is, yeah. Um, he was definitely in the wrong. Um, he was definitely in the wrong. I think that that was a situation where, like, you know, it spoke to a culture of harmful male expectations. Like, I think that, like, it was righteous for him to be, like, called out for something like that. But I think that that's something that he could, if he apologized for it and was just like, yeah, I was wrong. I won't do that again. Which he did. He did say, like, I, I totally acknowledge and accept and, yeah. like, respect this, this girl's opinion. He's like, that's yeah. not what I thought happened. But if she says that's what happened, then this, that's what we're yeah. And situations like that may happen. You know, stuff I like that. that. situation that my girl's talking about so many times. I mean, like, every everybody has. It's just, like, at, what, at a certain point, you have to decide, are you going to, like, call somebody out? Or are you going to, like pretend like nothing happened i do think it's worthy of a conversation like off the internet first before maybe something like that gets brought to like public attention because and that's sort of part of the accountability process you know like someone should be given a chance to hold themselves accountable for their actions before like they get you know publicly blasted or i mean there's some artists some people that i will never 
ever support again. Like, I mean, obvi- the obvious ones are R. Kelly, Bill Cosby, Kevin Spacey, um, uh, Danny Masterson. Like, yeah, I, that, oh that one, like, okay, we, we can kind of tell that he was a shithead, right? Like, we, we kind of figured, but that one hurt. Yeah. We, we all grew up on that 70s show, man. Like, uh, yeah. It was on every single day in my house. Like, it, and, and Hyde was so cool. Like, that was, like, probably one of my first crushes. I just thought he was, like, so cool, and he's such a babe, and, like, he's a shithead. So... Yeah. Yeah, um, no, I'm, I'm glad we can talk about this and exchange, like, perspectives because, like, I mean, um, conversations like these are warranted as, especially when we are in such a time of, like, you know, radical accountability and also, like, you know, radical introspection about, about ourselves. You know, we think about things like these, about, like, relationships and traumas and and, uh, you know, like what we feel is right and wrong in this world. Um, and uh, I mean, that's been like, you know, I've been pondering those things, like subjects like that, like this whole quarantine. I mean, it's like, what else can we do but talk, but think, think deeply about these kinds of things. And that's, and so the Me Too movement really made a resurgence this year, and it brought a lot of even more story, like horrible stories, but also with that came accountability and justice. And, um, and you know, I hope that the conversation can just stay that way and it doesn't go away, it doesn't get like buried. I hope that it just, you know, remains at the forefront of all spaces and all industries. I'm glad I'm glad we talked about this kind of stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's a it's an interesting thing to bring up like right now. It's just yeah. like it's it's a very sensitive subject and like there's there's a whole list of people that I would love to meet too and I'm just like honestly like afraid of what would happen because I yes. I've lost work from bringing anything to anyone's attention and like I already am like we're all hurting for work so I honestly like right now I'm like I there's there's a couple people I really want to give me like sort of the timeline of these tours that you went on because I mean you obviously went on many um so yeah kind of just like when did that component of your musical career really like take off I started touring with Whiskey of the Damned. That was my first my first touring band. Shout out uh, to Whiskey of the Damned. Yeah. Yeah. It was a uh, Whiskey, and then and then closely followed by Trapper. Um, Trapper as well. That opened a lot of both opened a lot of doors for me because I, I ended up playing with uh, the Mahones, who are like a, they're a Canadian Irish punk band, and they uh, they go on like. I've done Europe with them a bunch of times and so whiskey was opening for them so I kind of like get I I, I say getting stolen but I, I get I get stolen by a lot of the bands that I end up opening for so um that's that's happened a lot uh I did a bunch of tours of Scrapper that were like really really cool tours he was my first breaking and entering story actually was Trapper at the back room at Collectivo. He was the first show I ever wrote up on. Oh, shit. Yeah, I mean, like, I love Trevor. I, I love that, that whole crew. They're, they're, they're great. They're, they were my first, like, uh, like, 
I guess like really long legitimate tour. Like I love listening to the bands. We did a lot of a lot of long sketchy, mostly legitimate tours. But that was also like once in a while we're sleeping in the van. I'm like I'm so way too old for that shit now. But like yeah, I mean when I was when I was like 17, 18, whenever I started playing with them, I was like it it was pretty fun and like. That's very much a party band, party scene. That whole genre, obviously, I mean, is, is a lot of drinking and staying up late. And I'm just like, that's not my my thing now. And uh, it never really, really was. But like, it, it, I mean, that was it was fun. And I I would totally play with them again. I I love those guys. I've done a bunch of records with them. And uh, same thing with rapper, but like they're a little more responsible. I, I again, I love all of these guys, and no one here would ha would be buttered by me saying any of that because all of, <laughs> all of the whiskey of the damn guys are self-proclaimed. Uh, I, I don't want to say train wrecks because they're all lovely and they're all doing great things, but they're they let they party, I, and I'm just like I I just don't anymore. It's just this is my job, and it, like I just. I can't do like the the 5 a.m. like we're still up. Should we just keep going? Bloodies at 6:30? Yeah, I'm like I just I can't do that shit anymore. Oh yeah, believe me, I yeah like I live in the West, so I I see a lot of these bands doing the same thing. I mean, I I would hang out at High Dive, and when you have like the Platinum Boys, oh, High Dive, and but yeah, similar situation. Yeah. At <laughs> they those guys party harder than. I ever partied in college so I mean I'm but good for them because these are I, I, every time I come home I go to I go to high dive or I go to like one of the one of the similar places you know and then like I've got Connor giving me shots for four hours oh yeah of course yeah you know, you know. Shout, out, shout out to Connor he's shout out to Connor major shout out to Connor Major yeah. shout out to Ian Olvera, who's like my BFF. Oh yeah, I saw the new uh, Daydream Retrievers track just dropped today. I have to listen to it still, but I, I got to hear that one a long time ago, and I'm so glad that he finally put that out. It's... I'm really excited about their new material. Shout out to Ian. Shout out to Major. Shout out to Ian, and mostly Major. Shout out to Connor. Yeah. Mostly because he's made me like blackout drunk too many times. <laughs> I, I love all those guys. They're, those are all my all my good buddies. Yeah, the, the bad doggy crew, uh, as they say. Yeah, um, I love those guys too. Um, so how did you get tangled up with, uh, you know, wallflowers? And so that was actually a trapper thing. Um, we we did a tour where we were opening for the wallflowers, which was incredible. And uh, one night after one of the shows, See, this is one of my canned responses, but I'm gonna tell you anyways. So one, one night after one, one of the shows, um, we I think we were in Omaha or something, something similar, uh, somewhere in Middle America, as the Canada crows would say. Um, and one of the wallflowers, like tech guys, uh, gets in our van. I we don't know like which one it is. We just we're like we're fresh on the tour. I don't know. Somebody with a hood up is like sitting next to me in the van, and and goes, "This bus is so small." And we're like, "Ha ha ha! This is a this is a van." But ha ha. And uh and then uh and then they go, "Yeah, this this bus sucks." And we're like, "Ha ha ha!" And then uh 
the guy turns to me and he's like, uh, hey, we, we really like your playing. Do you want to sit in tomorrow? Which was first half Minneapolis, which is like my, my favorite venue. Oh, and I was like, fuck yeah, I want to sit in. And as they were leaving the van, I realized that was Jacob Dylan. And so, yeah, that that's how that happened. He just kind of like, he just kind of grabbed me like that. And uh, and then I ended up playing some, some shows with them and they they flew me out a bunch of, we did some one-offs. My, my dad got to see me play with them in Phoenix opening for Eric Clapton. So like that was that was a highlight for sure, um, but yeah, I mean all all of like the bands like that I've played with have been uh, getting stolen from the opener type situation. But oh, yeah. but then I get to name drop and then I get more gigs from that. So now I'm at the point where I feel like I don't need to name drop as much because I kind of like I'm I'm not trying to sound cocky because I'm totally not cocky. I swear to God, I just am not. There's not a good way to say this. I just, people just like know who I am now. In in like this little tiny scene that I'm a part of, people like are starting to like call me for like generals. Totally. Good old stuff, which took a while. I've been here for, you know, five-ish years and like I had no work for the first year I was here that wasn't already booked. So I just was like here just like, I guess waiting for someone to knock on my door because I didn't know how to like meet anybody. I ended up like, networking on tinder like i met a lot of people that is a thing that is a thing it totally is i have so many like music contacts that i met on tinder and just and it like started it like it was honestly just like i would just like swipe on people that were that looked like they were legit musicians just so i could network yeah. and then like sometimes it was like a dating thing but sometimes it just wasn't sometimes it was just like let's just like jam or they would they would like say hey I actually want my violin on this track can you come do this track and like that's a lot of stuff happens that way and then it's just been like friends and friends and friends and friends you know as it goes but yeah now I, now I feel like I'm in a good, a good spot where I don't need to like hustle quite as much for for work which I'm unlucky yeah and so fountains of Wayne was that also through uh trapper as well that's actually a pretty funny story okay so and it's related to milwaukee so there was an acoustic fountains of rain tour um which was adam and chris and then mike viola and they played at shank hall and so i i went with ian and with tanner jeff and a couple of other friends like similar crowd and we just like went through the show and I had the uh, the self-titled Fountains of Wayne album. And I was like, fuck it, I'm gonna like, get it signed. And so after the show, I just, I, I went up there and I talked to Chris and I casually, he's from Northampton, Massachusetts. And I casually just name dropped the big venue that I had just played in Northampton, Massachusetts. And I was like, oh yeah, I love Northampton. Just played the Kelvin, like no big deal, but you know. And, uh, and so kind of got his attention that way. And we ended up talking and uh, I gave him my card. And that night he, he says, hey, I'm actually looking to do a couple acoustic shows with the violin player or something like that. Would you want to do it? And I was like, yes, obviously <laughs> I would like to do that. And, uh, and I ended up doing some Fountains of Rain shows, which were, it's, that's one of my favorite bands. I love Fountains of Rain so much. 
They're like, God, they're, they're just like amazing. And yeah. so I ended up doing shows with them. And then I, I played with Chris solo. Last year we did this acoustic tour with uh, Art Alexakis from um, Everclear and uh, a couple other guys, Max Collins from Eve Six and John from Marcy Playground. That was it. Okay, and so we did, we did this like acoustic tour last year, which was which was great. Which was like a, a bunch of guys on guitar, and John was playing mandolin, and then I was playing fiddle, and that was really really fun. But also another another cool thing I got to do through Chris from Fountains of Wayne was um, we did. There's a Harry Sure Christmas tour that I ended up getting on, which. Um, in like New York and it's it's like Harry Shearer and Paul Schaefer and just like a bunch of other like superstars and it was I just like got like somehow thrown into that and that was amazing so I've, I've done some cool shit and I just feel like I it's all just kind of just happened and that's I guess that's how how things work but everything just feels like like a coincidence or like it just like happens to be like he he asked me if I was going to be in New York for that one show and I just happened to be it. Like I was gonna go to New York that month to record. And so I just like, you know, I just weaseled my schedule around a little bit. And then I was like, yeah, I'm actually gonna be there at the exact same date as that show. And uh, so, yeah, I got to do that. That was pretty awesome. That is awesome. You have done some real cool shit. How'd the Doobie Brothers happen? I, God, see, these are all, it's just a through people, man. It's like, um. God, I, the guy who does my pedal board, um, I have a really cool tweed pedal board, which I would grab, but it's like somewhere. Um, I, I use West Coast pedal boards, so like shout out to them, but they do all these like, you know, the Fender tweed amps, they use the same tweed so it can match like your like Fender amp. It's like, they, they do so much cool shit, but they have been sponsoring me for a long time and I met the DD Brothers manager through them. And oh, so no. I ended up just getting hooked up that way. And uh, yeah, that was that was very strange, but it was good. It was it was very surreal because we my first thing with them was like Harley Fest in Milwaukee. <laughs> yeah. And I had literally no one there. Like I didn't invite anyone because I didn't know like if I would even be playing. I had no idea. I never know what's going on. So I like, I didn't invite anybody. I don't have anything on video from that. I'm sure it's on YouTube somewhere, but like, it just, that just happened. They just like threw me out there. And that was the first time that I like had used in-ear monitors. And it was just, I was just like thrown into this whole like thing, this very well-oiled machine that had been going on obviously forever, but like it's the Doobie Brothers, they've been, they've been around. And, um, I just kind of got thrown into that and that's like kind of just the theme. I just get people call me and I throw up and then and then sometimes other people see me play and then they call me and that's yeah. <laughs> cycle. Yeah, and you just show up and you're just like Mhm. Mm <laughs> I mean it's like me. I, I I get like tours sometimes where I I literally will be showing up to get on a bus with people I've never met before. And luckily, like, now there's, I mean, they usually try to make sure that there's a, a girl 
tour manager or there's like at least like another girl there because I'm so used to just being the only female person on the tour and um it's gotten a lot better with that but yeah, so the last question I guess at this point is so you work on music on your own um what what are you working on and how have you been um creating at this point I luckily am I'm getting a lot of like remote recording work, which I wasn't until like the last month or two because everyone was freaking out about COVID. But I think a lot of people like have day jobs. So now people are like having a little more revenue happening. So I'm I'm getting a lot of those. I'm like producing some stuff. I've got my band, um, Circa 62. We've got a single that we are gonna put out I think on Halloween, um, that's gonna happen. And I think we're gonna end up actually like, we, we have been going like, we had a, a whole record deal thing going on and I, it's, there's so much bullshit. So we're just gonna, we're gonna throw some songs out on online pretty soon because I'm tired of them sitting in my Dropbox. They've been there for like three years. So I think we're just gonna start spitting out some content and then um, I'm, I'm working on a bunch of stuff with, uh, with my little girl band. So we're doing, uh, we're doing some, I, I'm not going to spoil any, but we're doing some pretty awesome covers. I get to, I get to choose the songs because I'm in charge because I'm the, I'm the tallest one. So, right. um, so it's all like, we're, I'll, I'll tell you one, we're doing like, uh, we're doing, if I can ever figure out how to edit video, which I can't, um, we, we recorded and did videos for, uh, my chemical romance song. <laughs> and it's, it's pretty epic because it's a bunch of little girls playing, uh, what's, what the hell is the name of that song? The, the Black Parade song. Oh, no. You know, the, the one song, but yeah. like. It's, we like arranged it all together. It's like me and a bunch of 12 through 19 year olds. And we, it was since COVID. So everyone recorded videos at their house. I made them put on emo makeup. It's going to be pretty cool. If I can ever, if I can ever get my shit together, that's going to come out. Um, there's going to be a, a bunch more stuff like that. But yeah, my band's going to have some stuff coming out. We got a video coming out pretty soon. I'm, I'm mostly just doing like, Oh, I'm working with another band too. I'm just doing a lot of recording, doing some music videos now that we're allowed to do that again for like other projects. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually busy now again, which is very good because I was not busy for like a few months and had like, you know how everything turns into like one giant mess when you're like depressed and you just like have like yeah cups and things around your bed, you know, like that. Yeah, it just becomes like a jumble, that. it's a jumbled mess of all of the things you've been putting off, yeah. Totally. So I'm, I'm one of those, like, creative people who doesn't have the, the skill set of, like, putting things away. Like, I, I, like, leave cupboard doors open. I, like, I don't know, like, that part of my brain doesn't work. Like, the math part and the whatever, the organizational part, just that, that just doesn't work. That's not oh yeah, I'm pretty I'm pretty ADHD myself, so I'm, I'm kind of a similar boat. So I, I had yeah. my, my friend came over yesterday. Like we we can't like hang out. So like my my upstairs neighbor, 
Like we, we don't social distance because we both are outside with our dogs and she gets tested all the time and I don't leave the house unless it's for work and it's like very COVID like friendly and like whatever. Um, but she like came over and I was like, I was like, help me get my shit together. And so we went hard on my house and now it's like, it, it looks like a human lives here now instead of- Oh, good. Like, yeah, it's some sort of like depressed like rat or something. It was, it was, uh, it was interesting in here. Good. I, I can see the floor now. So hey, there you cool. go. <laughs> awesome. Well, I'm glad that you're in creative mode again. And, um, yeah. I feel like everybody's, everybody's getting back into it, right? Like it's, it's slowly but steadily things are getting back to like, I mean, not like the world is healing right now as, as much as it really needs to be, but. I feel like people who are making things are making things again, and myself included. And that took a long time. So I'm, I'm happy to be like wanting to play music again. I actually like contacted a violin player friend of mine and I like, I was like, hey, like make me work on something. I, I was like, give me an assignment because I, I don't like take lessons from anybody. I don't like learn from anybody. And I was just like, no one should ever stop learning anything. So I, my friend who's like an amazing, he's an amazing fiddle player, but he's also an amazing classical violinist, which I am a good classical violinist, but I am not an amazing classical violinist because that's just not where my heart is. I was just like, give me some fucking like exercises to do. Yeah. So I like have like a regimen now. I'm like, all right, I'm gonna practice today. Like I tell all my students to practice and then I totally don't practice. So now I'm, I'm making myself listen to my own advice. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm guilty of that too. You know, for the longest time, you know, I, I wouldn't follow my own advice either, but then, uh, you know, after a certain point, like my therapist convinced me to start listening to my own advice. So, <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I had to take a, quite a, an extended break from the show, you know, for a while too, in the last couple months. But like you said, I mean, I think that people, you know, people have been feeling like kind of back in a mode of like, you know, the, we're kind of used to the times at this point. So now where our heads at with like what we can do to respond to it in a healthy way um, where we can express our feelings and stuff. So. I'm looking forward to your new music. Um, yeah, um, we'll be sure to get it on Breaking and Entering, that's for sure. Awesome. Um, well, I'm trying to think if there's anything else that we need to, I, we, I feel like we've covered every base. We, we got through like sexual harassment, we got through music things, we got, the, is there anything else that we haven't talked about? I guess well, like short of um well my final questions here are you know what keeps you up at night keeps me up at night um i have really bad anxiety so what keeps me up at night is like me like i mean number one the sky is on fire here and we're anticipating a very bad earthquake so like natural disasters like that but like i'm afraid of things not going back to normal that's 
that's what I'm really honestly afraid of because I like I don't feel like myself when I'm not performing like I'm like so, like if you've seen any videos of me playing like I'm like a hundred percent into it like I wanted to say 110 percent and then I hate when people say that that's not a thing I'm like just it's it's like where I should be and so like not being on stage not being able to like jump around and like do my thing has been like very hard for me I like I mean I love teaching and I love like recording and all that stuff but it's just like the energy is just not there so what what I'm afraid of is not being able to go back to that like soon yeah, yeah I can relate for sure um yeah like I'm just, I live for the live music experience, so I haven't watched any shows through, like, live streams or anything, because... I haven't either. It's just not... You know, it, yeah, it just doesn't feel like, it's not the authenticity that I look for. I mean, power to the artists doing that, and I know plenty of people do tune into those things, but me personally, it just, I would rather just wait and, uh, you know, bask in the pre being in the present... Um, of watching a band or watching an artist. Um, and yeah, I, I, I know that normal is sort of like, because we've hit a tipping point this year, there may never be like a full return back to normal. But hopefully with everything we learned, you know, in, in terms of public health and- We'll and, see if people, if people act correctly. Yeah. It's yeah. It's like so, out of our hands. We're we're doing it right. We're not the ones fucking everything up right now. But right, it's it's the people that think this shit's all like a hoax and are still partying in crowds of people every weekend. You know, that's those are the ones that are ruining it for they're, they're ruining the party for everybody. And they're so okay. So just even in LA, just alone, like I know so many trust fund kids who are like here pursuing music but you know they can sing and maybe play a little guitar but they're here because their dad paid for them to come to LA to make it big and they're like literally partying and like smoking weed and passing it and like I'm posting this on Instagram and I'm just like you guys are literally the problem this is literally what is what is making this not like fixable at this time yeah, it's yeah. horrifying yeah yeah, I mean, fuck those people. Yeah, I, I have I have a friend who not, not even a friend. I have an acquaintance who is young and lives here and like I've been like hate watching her Instagram stories because she is young and really pretty and really like she does not give a fuck and she's going to house parties where there's like a slide built into the balcony and there's like all these TikTok influencers there and they're all just like Christ. partying and oh god <laughs> these are things i i see like on the daily in people's instagram and oh. i'm just like now i'm not even like looking at social media i'll post on it and then i'm like okay leave that alone or i'm gonna get really like fucking mad so gina what the second question is what puts you to sleep what puts me to sleep quantum <laughs> I um I'm on a venlafaxine, uh, which gives me some really wacky dreams. Is that the SNRI antidepressant? Okay, yeah, I take. I mean, if we're if we're going there, I take uh, Wellbutrin to offset my side effects from my uh, gabapentin. 
yeah. That's my that's my my drug cocktail that I'm, I've got. Um, the the real answer to that question is what puts me to sleep. Um, do you mean like figuratively? <laughs> like I I I'm like I feel better about how things are going when I have like a semblance of like a schedule and like something to look forward to. If I if I don't have anything coming up, I'm just like I I will like to curl up in the fatal position and not like yeah. I, I will self sabotage. It it's it happens. You can't just like just exist. You have to have something moving you forward. I I think you and I are very alike in that way too. Yeah, I, I'm also noticing that. Um, yeah, I, if there's not something directly on the horizon, I'm just like, there's nothing ever again. It's it's over, and like it's just that's not how it is, and that's not how it should be. So I'm just I'm trying to be more mindful about like putting things in perspective because I like we are privileged people. We we don't have like real problems. I mean, like we have we have like little problems, but we don't have like we're not homeless. We don't have like people like attacking us or like you know like yelling racial slurs at us or you know any of the fucked up things that are going on with a lot of people in our country. I mean, let alone the rest of the world, but like. I just have to like check myself sometimes and be like, all right, you are not the one who is getting like yeah. all of this horrible shit happening to like my life is fine. It's yeah. just, it, it's, it's difficult for everybody right now. And I just like, I need to keep remembering that. And yeah. it's not just me like sitting here. Like I, I haven't left my house since COVID started except for like maybe four times because we were on real lockdown and it's, I, I, like I have an autoimmune disorder, so like I can't get it. And like I have rheumatoid arthritis, so which is not as bad as like having lupus, but like I still like I'm one of the people who's at at risk again. Like not as bad as anybody else has it who's got actual real problems. But if I got COVID, it would be bad. Yeah. Uh, but also like Adam from Fountains of Wayne, you know, like that that really shook everything up. Like rest, rest in peace, um, for real. He's such a genius, and that was like such a major loss for the world. It's just it's like, um, did you watch Crazy Ex-Girlfriend? No. Go watch it. Well, I will. It's incredible. It's it's so good. Like especially like if you remember that like he was most of most of the songs are Adam songs, and like they're hilarious. Just like. It's it's all like the funny parts of Fountains of Wayne, but like in like a, a female perspective, it's 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 good. You should watch it. Hell yeah, I will. I really recommend that. But like again, like that that totally freaks me out. And like, I mean, I've I've been like in my house this entire time, which has been driving me crazy. But again, now I'm like I'm getting my shit together. It's fine. Yeah. I had a few months where I was like going crazy because I was shot off. Well, um, hey, there you go. At least you've got a pup to snuggle with. Yes, exactly. He's, you know, he's not good, but he's not as bad as he was before. I had, I, he's been learning how to not pee in the house. That's that's our new development. <laughs> hey, good for the, good for the pup. Thank you so much, Gina, for being on the show. Um, 
I think, you know, we covered some great ground here, both, you know, about your artistry, but about just far reaching or issues about, you know, the industry and about, you know, the shift in the culture and the conversation. And um, yeah, I, I feel like, I feel like I, I could totally, like we could totally hang out like outside of a podcast. So one day we'll have to go grab a beer uh, once it's safe to. Um, we can even grab a virtual beer. We, we should grab a virtual beer. I'd be very much open to that. Oh, yeah. um, so for everyone watching, uh, we'll, we'll be looking forward to new, some new music from Circus 62 um, and checking out all the cool things Gina Romantini's up to in the months to come. Thank you for watching, Mr. Nice Guy. We'll see you next time. Cheers.